Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode two, season two. Um, tonight, we have Casey Hanemeyer, the current 2023 Canadian national champion on the show. And we'll uh, get, get into what we talk about with him in just a minute. But hi, Kerry. Hello. How are you? I'm well. What have you been <laughs> up to in the past two weeks? Past two weeks. Well, I took a week off and Craig had holidays. We went to the Okanagan down to Kelowna and stayed with my cousin and just played some casual disc golf at Knox Mountain, did some hiking, went to the Tool concert in Kelowna. Um, How was that? Yeah, hung out with family. Oh, the Tool, it was fabulous. Worth yeah. every penny I spent. Tool was amazing. Cool. Yeah, if you're a fan, even if you're not a fan, but you love great music, it's worth seeing for sure. Yeah, I yeah. Like if I heard a tool song, I go, yeah, I know that song, but I don't know it's tool. Those like yeah, not that much younger than me, but I, I think there was a time I came to Canada in you know, just as grunge was getting started. Yeah, and I wasn't really into grunge. Um, I, I appreciate it now, but at the time I was still I was discovering a lot of bands. Like I'm a I'm a classic yeah. kind of rock guy, so I was discovering yeah. bands that maybe didn't get a lot of um, play in the UK. Bands like Honeymoon Suite, who were big in Canada. Oh, I've seen them in concert. They're they're good. I saw them at uh, Canafest, like back in 2018. Oh yeah, they were good. They were one yeah. of the headliners. Yeah, I saw them at um, Sagebrush Theatre, probably. Oh, two, that's cool. Two thousand and nine, two thousand eight, around there. Yep. And yeah, they were awesome. They were very good. And so, and I, I heard them in the late 80s, but there were a lot of bands that I knew of, but hadn't really heard a lot of. of. So I was discovering yep. all this kind of new rock music. So that passed me by the the grunge. And then, you know, bands like Tool. Um, yeah, I, I just, I don't know what was going on in my life, but I didn't just get into them. So I, you know, I only, Craig obviously has listened to them for a long time. We have friends in our disc golf community locally here, like uh, Robbio and Chad, yeah. and they've listened to them forever. I think Robbio has been to like eight or nine concerts and this is our first one. And um, I played drums in high school and I, I appreciate a good drummer. And Danny Carey is like, in my opinion, probably one of the best drummers in the world. And this stage setup, he was front and center and then Maynard was in the shadows, like on these platform stages on the right and left of the uh, drum kit, like above. But the lights were never on him. He played in the wow. shadows. He sang in the shadows and let uh, Daddy Carey be like front and center. The spotlight was on him all the time. And it was amazing. We had great seats. We were just like just off the corner of the stage, looking right kind of down on it, about 12, 13 rows off the floor. It was awesome. Awesome. It this was such was a in, good concert. This was in Kelowna? Kelowna. Yeah. So it was six, I think Prospera holds maybe 6,000, 6,500 people. And uh, it was um, a record audience for concerts in Kelowna, record merch sales. Like the merch lines were insane. Like I felt like I was at a Boxing Day sale for a brand new iPhone release or something. It was insane. I wanted to get something and we walked and walked and walked. And I walked past three concessions that were selling beer and the merch line was still running. Wow. It was huge. I didn't think we had people sitting next to us. And about 
three songs in, they finally came and sat down and they had their bags full of merch. And I was like, holy crap, they were willing to miss that much of the concert yeah. to get merch. But that's yeah, cool. I didn't I'm, get anything except I, good I, memories. I know we're not a music podcast, but I, here's my little gripe about Kamloops. Okay, get a freaking performing arts center where we can have yeah. good bands appear. It's embarrassing that Vernon, Penticton, and Kelowna, I think, like Penticton have had some amazing artists. To the um, convention center. And it, you know yeah. what? The convention center is a fantastic venue to go and watch. But again, like this guy in Kelowna, he worked 10 months to get Tool to come because they had two stops in Vancouver, that it was Calgary and Edmonton and Winnipeg. And it took them 10 months and they gambled and they came. And so the seats we paid for, we paid 250 bucks a ticket. In Vancouver, they were $300 tickets. And the guy said that it, it was a chance that they took. And he said, do you want to pay $250? And he relied on like Kelowna, Vernon, Penticton, like the people that could go home at night. Yeah. Whereas Vancouver relies a lot on drawing people down, right? Yeah. To And for me to spend 300 bucks to go to Vancouver for it, this is my concert ticket. Now I need a hotel room. I need to travel. Yeah. I need yeah. to get my meals out. Craig and I are looking between the two of us. It's over a thousand dollars for a night in Vancouver, whereas we stayed with my cousin, and we went down for mini holiday. We took a week off of work and vacayed while we were there. I wouldn't have done that in Vancouver. It would have been too expensive. Yeah, it's it's so, ridiculous. But yeah, I, it I'm, is. I'm, yeah, I'm just embarrassed for Kamloops. Um, yeah, it sucks. Yeah. Like Camels, what have we had? Like Nickelback and uh the offspring canceled. Um yeah. like I mean we've had stars, but we haven't had a decent concert. Yeah. In a I mean long we've, time. we've had the classic rock bands like Sticks have been here. I saw they were excellent. Heart. Yeah. Um Brian Adams was here, you know, a little while ago. Did Brian Adams even sell out? Sorry, I don't even think he sold. I don't even think Brian Adams sold out when he was here a little while ago. Yeah, I don't know. I know that I know a lot of people went, um, mm -hmm. but yeah, I've, I, I've seen him here twice. Yeah, yeah, it's um, yeah, it's embarrassing. Anyway, and I'm I'm a music lover, but yeah, I just find yeah. it embarrassing, and that like even, it's hard. Even it's, it is hard again. Like I would go to a, I would pay two hundred bucks in Kamloops to go to a good concert because yeah. I get to go home at night. And I guarantee you, but it's you, hard. You don't have somewhere to stay. I guarantee you, if Tool are played in Kamloops, because Kamloops has you either your country with classic rock thrown yeah. in, or you have that generation that listened to Incubus, Tool, you know, even everything, going, everything kind of like the yeah, green, the Green Days, and you know, bands yeah. like that. I guarantee you, Tool would have sold yeah. out. Could have sold out two nights in Kamloops. Yeah. And I would have went both nights. <laughs> people from people from Prince George would have come down. So well, the guy, one guy sat next to us. He was from Terrace, and the other two that sat next to us were for, were from the Shoe Swap, and they went home that night to the Shoe Swap. They left. At, they left at intermission and didn't come back. Yeah. Okay. Well, that was. And I was like, that's uh, a lot of money to spend for half a half a concert. <laughs> yeah, that was episode two of the Flight Pass um, Rock Podcast. Rock now we'll move, yeah, the rock podcast. Now we'll move on to some disco. So and, if, and and I just want to clarify if anyone's listening, it's episode two, season two. Season two. So yeah. Don't be confused. There's an episode two in season one. So yeah. 
We're in our second okay. season. Yeah, I don't want anyone to feel confused. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll go to disc golf because I actually yeah. played in a tournament last weekend in nice. uh, at Lumbee, and oh yeah, the doubles, in, right? Double yeah, dragon, the, the double dragon, yeah. twelfth one, um, TD'd by Carver Whitford and his dad. Um, I never nice. played. I never played Lumbee. I went with Bill Lechazar. Um, we we were in the ME forty division. And we figured we were going to win the MA40 division just looking at the people that we were playing against. No offense to them. Um, but Bill's by far the best player out of the six people there. But, but the other two groups pulled out. They must have oh, been no. nervous. They must have been nervous. They must have been nervous. They saw yeah. Bill and you coming. They're like, yeah. yeah. Paulo um, and Candice were going as a um, husband and wife team in the MA40. And I think Paulo said he injured his back. I think he was just scared of playing us, but he played it on his back um so they they collapsed that division well they asked us do we want to play in that division which meant an automatic win which would have been nice because i've never won anything on disc golf but we didn't so we dropped down to the ma3 um and they collapsed the ma2 division and they gave the ma2s do you want to go up to ma1 or down to ma3 and they came down some of them came down so there was a team and fair enough they came down they, they were called uh ugly something they dressed up in cow like yep. black jumper you know uh, kind of rompers or whatever two guys and we played our first round and we played with a dad and a young kid uh, i think from vernon and we were keeping we were stroke for stroke and then we had a bogey on hole 11 which was the hardest hole through some trees um they had a par they, they were minus four we were minus two okay. um and then we played with them again and we flipped it. But so we were minus, minus they were minus four, we were minus two. The ki the cow suit guys were minus 10. Minus, minus 10 put them, I think, in the first or second place in MA1 and would have put them in the top half of the pro division. So, uh, you know, they, they dropped maybe. I hate the word, but sandbagger comes to mind. I know. Yeah, and a, and I don't know what they're the same guys, but someone said that when they played last year, and I, you know, I'm sorry if you listen to the show and we're calling you out, but they played in Penticton the year before, and they shot the lights out there as well. I don't know whether they won or not uh, in whatever division they were in. So anyway, they they minus ten, and then they were getting some ribbing, I think, because we saw them and said, "Hey, are you shooting on the second round? Are you shooting minus ten? And they laughed. They shot minus seven. Um, there was another group that shot minus seven, but only shot minus four on the um, second part, you know, in the second round. So we yep. ended up finishing um, fourth, actually. So okay. it wasn't out of 12 groups. So it wasn't too bad. We we're hoping for like um, in the top third, a, a podium okay. fin ho hoping for a podium finish. And we played Hard really well. People like that, though. Yeah, it is. That's, we were yeah. minus four on the second round and. Um, I really like the Lumbee Corso. We were playing. It, it was, I, I heard it's long. It is. like, Yeah. It, so I went with Bill. Bill's wife, Gabby, was looking for a partner. And um, Justin might have gone. And now I think if Justin and Gabby had gone, they would have done really well. Because Justin can bomb it. And Gabby has a great approach. And between them, they can And part. she can putt like a mother. Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah. So, but um, she didn't, she, she went with us, but she didn't play. 
Um, okay. But it is a long course. And so that that took away, I mean, the there was only one short downhill par three where you just take a mid-range and flick it down there. And we birded that one twice. But usually they're like, it's uh, 340, 360 par three. So if you bomb it, maybe you have a 50 foot part, a 40 foot part, maybe a 30 foot part if we, if we bombed it. Yeah. So we felt pretty good about the minus two with the bogey and we have a minus four on the ones. But the thing about that course, so it is open. If there's any wind, it'll be hellish. That's what I've heard. I've heard it's great on a nice, calm, sunny day, but as soon yeah. as there's wind, it just changes it completely. My goal next year, next season is to play Lumbee. Maybe not in tournament, but I need to get out and just play it. So and don't yeah. don't go on a 90 degree day because I've heard will, that as well. You will fry. <laughs> it's beautiful. It's uh the, the um I think I posted some shots to Instagram. Um, but the valley is beautiful. The view you get of the valley is amazing. But awesome. we had we had a day that started out a little bit chilly, but was fine in the afternoon. Um, almost perfect conditions, very little in the way of wind. So we were lucky. But awesome. yeah, so we, we had a good time. But apart from that, um did I tell last night about the anchor double? So now we actually have yep. a, pound, a pound and a half anchor. You actually have an anchor now? An anchor, You're carrying yeah. it though, right? You're carrying it in your bag. You one. have it right now, right? Is I don't have it. Um, no? No. Uh, Elizabeth, I'm going to say won it. She finished lowest, so she got it. And she didn't win it. She won it, yeah. <laughs> by, by getting the least points. Um, Bill, oh, Bill, Bill won. I saw the... she was out this morning doing. She was out in the frost at Mac doing a putter yeah. only round today. That was well. We have yeah. The, who, she left. Whoever, the, she... Whoever's the anchor gets to set the rules for next time. Oh, so Elizabeth okay. was the anchor, but I honestly think that um, Sawyer picked the rules for Elizabeth. So because Sawyer can bomb his glitch. So he, oh. they went with, you could take Well, two. if he can bomb a glitch, that's awesome. Yeah, you can take two I was putters. just watching Drew Gibson. He was throwing glitches and he his, I can't remember what the video, I think the title of his video is, am I the best glitch thrower in the world or something like that? And I was like, oh, I'm going to friggin' bite because Simon's the best glitch thrower. And he was bombing his glitch. It was yeah. pretty cool, but it it's just his cocky attitude that made me yeah. buy in. That's all. The um so Elizabeth, yeah. um, unfortunately for Elizabeth, she still has the anchor. And I'm I, sorry, Elizabeth, that sucks. And Bill has re retained the crown. So <sighs> yeah. Anyway, so that's been my disc golf. Not much, not really much happening, and it's getting colder and colder. So yeah, we had the Valkyries wrap up last night at my house. So we had the majority, two thirds of the Valkyries were at Good. my place last night, and we did. Food. We brought your spouse or your partner, and we did a potluck, and we did some uh, like mean Santa, but it wasn't Christmas. So like mean Valkyrie disc swap, where we got the card and ace is low, and highest card draws a present first and unwraps it, and then the next person can either steal or get another present. And um, so we did that, and we talked about next season, and. Um, for myself, having been involved with the Calmestis Golf Club for 23 years um, and growing the women's sport. And I really believe part of growth 
is um, not just what I can do, but what the community can do. And uh, I have a lot on my plate coming up in the first six months of 2024 for disc golf and um, job opportunity coming up and uh, TCO and the women's series, getting that off the ground and helping Shannon Sanders down in the lower mainland. Um, and I just felt like I couldn't give what I needed to, to the growth of Kamloops women's disc golf anymore. And there's lots of fresh eyes, lots of fresh ideas. So I asked last night if anybody in the room would be willing to take it over. And I said, just think about it. It doesn't have to happen tonight, but I just know that there's way more that could be happening at league than what I could facilitate. And everyone kind of sat on it for a bit. And then when we were doing our gift opening, Elizabeth was like, so yeah, I'm in. So I'm really excited that Elizabeth DeVries is going to kind of spearhead uh, Valkyries League in 2024. It um, fills my heart because she's amazingly committed and got lots of great ideas and super passionate and super kind and humble. And I, I did, like I said before, and I think I said in one of her posts, I didn't know I needed an Elizabeth in my life until I met Elizabeth. And yeah, she's just this piece that sits at the top of my cup. And as my cup overflows, she gets washed with that overflow. Like she's that the I just love her so much and I hope she feels it. And I'm so grateful for her for taking that over because um, women's disc golf accounts is going to be better for it for sure. So that's my big excitement. My big piece of news that's happening. She, uh, she called yeah. me out. She called me out at the last anchor doubles. She said, so I'm a monster <laughs> because um, you know, I called her a disc golf monster in the, the best, you you meant it you meant it out of pure love and yeah, friendship. I did. Yeah, yeah. She's a disco monster. <laughs> I, he's and, smiling and, right now, Elizabeth. The smile is ear to ear. He truly and, meant it. And when you when you said, "Oh," and you know, I was asking if someone to step forward, I knew who was going to step forward. Like yeah. I knew you were going to say Elizabeth would say yes. So great job, Elizabeth, and you still are a disco yes, monster. Thank you so much. But, yeah. I, the disc golf doesn't know what it's in for. It, it she's she's a beauty for sure, and. You could just see the the cogs were just oh, yeah. rolling, and she has like ideas, yeah. right? And yeah. she feeds off that 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 uh, energy of other women, and so it's very cool. And I'm grateful because TCO is going to be big, and it's going to be a lot to manage in that first six months. And kind of league kicks off at the same time as TCO is going to kick off, and I feel like I'm behind the eight ball after TCO ends to try to create something really special for these women. And why wouldn't I share that opportunity with another lady who wants it? So, yeah. Um, do we have a date that we can announce for TCO yet? Not officially. No, okay. the PDGA. So anyone that's not familiar when you're bidding on an A tier, you have to give four dates. You have to give your very preferred date and then three, well, three to four backup dates really. So, um, I spoke with Andrew Sweeten and he understands the reasoning for the preferred date we've chosen, but the PDGA usually sends out to the A tier tournament directors. Um, and we should just let people know this is like Sunday, October 29th. And we haven't heard, I had heard by this time last year. Um, so I'm hoping tomorrow is the day they send out a tentative schedule that we're not allowed to share with anybody. And you just have to make sure that 
spelling's correct and your dates are right and your locations are right and that kind of stuff. So I'm hoping, crossing my fingers, that this next week I'll have be able to post to save the date to the KDGC socials. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Um, okay. We'll, we're going to talk off air about that. Remind me to talk about dates. Remind me. Yeah, for sure. After we, uh, <laughs> off air people. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So as we're talking dates, um, we're going to move on to our chat with Casey. Um, this yeah. chat actually was recorded before, the world's happened before um, yeah. Kristen and Isaac won the world, their world championships. Um, and we make predictions in there on who is going to win worlds and who's going to challenge. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see if how right or wrong we were, but let's go into the circle with Casey, where we talk about his, yeah, an interesting chat about his um, Canadian championship that he won and his mindset because he was down at the beginning. And we talk about um, basically his life in disc golf and trying out down in the States. Um, what be two seasons ago yeah. now? Yeah. Yeah. Good chat. Cause we okay. talked to Thomas before about being on tour. So this is Casey's take of being on tour. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. Today we have Casey Hannemeyer, the current 2023 Canadian national champion. Yeah, congratulations, congratulations. Casey. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So, yeah, it was a it was a pretty wicked tournament. I bet. So tell us about that because I know I believe you're eight shots down on the first day, four shots down on the second, yeah. and basically you know um, came back and won it. So yeah, yeah. It just uh, the young kid, uh, Kalen, yeah. or uh, yeah. Kalen actually, Kalen yeah. Shat, that uh, is from Ontario. It just shows how much Canadian disc golf is improving. Um, there's so many good young players coming up. Um, and yeah, I just want to see that happen more in BC and Alberta. It's, it's happening in Ontario quicker, but I think that's probably because they have way more people over there. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, he's 16, 16. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We okay. had a, I thought he was 16. He might've been younger kid from Calgary playing, he was visiting here in Kamloops from Calgary. He was on holiday. And then we had, I think, one of our kind of two-day tournaments. Mm -hmm. um, and I cut the one up at Rose Hill. And I played with him because it was mixed mm -hmm. up on the first one. And he could bomb it. And he was playing really well. And I forget what it, he was, but he shot the lights out on the second round. And he was only either 14, 15, or 16. It was crazy. Yeah, um, Connell. I don't know if you're talking about Connell McLeod um i don't think it was no, connell no it wasn't no, no. Okay. but no. yeah uh, um but he was good and you know if he keeps going like i mean some of the shots he played were just fantastic yeah you know, parking holes that you don't see people park holes on that often yeah so, yeah yeah, yeah but it, it's it is funny right watching all the young kids play right yeah. they come up their form is so clean oh yeah because they've just been watching youtube since <laughs> they've been 10 yeah exactly and, and it, it's, us, like, it's funny. I've never thought of myself as an old guy, but I'm like, I'm getting there now. Right. Yeah. So I wanted it, to ask you that. That's why I was wondering your age, because like we've talked to Thomas and he's just 23 or 24. Yeah. He's young. So, and yeah, he's yeah. still young out there. Right. So yeah. you're sitting there, you got, you're playing against Thomas. Uh, I think Brian freeze is your age. Brian's the same age as me. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. And like, you know, I know for Brian, he even said when he was here at TCO, like he couldn't believe it, like coming out here and all the young people in, in MPO. So mm-hmm. how, how old's Max? Max is the same age as me too. Yeah. Same age, yeah. 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 So out here we have um, Luke Levesque. He's from, okay. he's, uh, he played, he cashed at TCO, but he declined his cash, but then mm-hmm. he went pro. He's 17. We have Carver, who's just 16. Carver, yeah. Yeah. Um, those are and there's a handful down on the coast too that are younger mm-hmm. than that. That, yeah, but like, yeah, I guess population. We had that conversation with Thomas too. Now this is as we get into it, I want to ask your opinion. But something just to think about: um, why do you think there aren't more Canadians on tour, or why we don't have that explosion of, uh, like, you look at MPO and FPO now on tour, and every week the top ten has these names. You're like, who is that? You're like, you're, mm-hmm. yeah, it's always number, a new looking player. for them. Yeah, it's a new player, a new young player yeah. coming up. And we, like you said, we just don't have enough of that here. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't really know the answer to that. I know, like, for myself, when I did it last year, I went down and played the six Pro Tour events. Yeah. It is such a commitment. And I think as a young person, you would need, like, Tom, I think Thomas got really lucky. I, had, I don't want to, like, bring Thomas into this, but. He, he probably talked about it with you guys. He got really lucky because he just like joined with Sexton, right? Yeah. So I think I think the young people up here need something like that. You need somebody that you can kind of ride on their coattails, right? It's yeah. like you need help. And because like last year, I don't know, I had my own car. I had enough money to go do it. Like people don't realize how expensive it expensive it is if you're not cashing every yeah. week yeah 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 right we so. ask people like you know we talked to like holland hanley and missy gannon like quit full-on engineering yeah. jobs and stuff and sold everything they had and hit the road yeah. and like and holland said you know i felt comfortable i had enough money in the bank for the first mm-hmm. year so mm-hmm. did you do the same did you quit a job or did you take a sabbatical how did you do it um my boss yeah pretty much a sabbat- sabbatical i came back and i started working again Okay. So I was lucky enough. My boss was my boss just let me kind of go on the road. So, um, but playing, yeah, just just doing that was like a lot. And I knew I was getting into because I played hockey, I played lacrosse, I've traveled a a bunch for for sports. But disc golf was different because I was by myself the whole time. Right. It's like you're not you're not there with a team. You're not traveling with a team. Yeah. Yeah. And I I, I did like meet up with a bunch of guys down there because I and I like, yeah, made friends, whatever. But. It was still lonely, I guess I could say. OK. Yeah. Like, And I was only there. I was only doing it. I only did it for three months. Right. Yeah. Did so. you did you feel like an outsider on the tour? Like, did you feel like you came in kind of at the wrong time too old? Or do you, did you, like, how did, like, you said three months and you're 31 and you're Canadian yeah. and you're new to the tour. Were you, were you welcomed by those players? Because they make it seem like it's such an inviting, welcoming um, community to be part of. Did you yeah. feel that at all? Uh, yeah, for sure. There's there's yeah. some guys, right, that welcome yeah. you. It's like anything. Yeah. Right? There's some guys that welcome you and they want more players to come play on the tour. But also there's other guys, right, it's like their club. It's the yep. boys club. Yep. So, uh, it's, yeah, it's, just, it, 
it's legit the same as anything. You go to a new city, it yeah. always takes a while to make some friends, right? So yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's all the same. It's, it's just okay. thinking about generally sports and how successful Canadians are. Individual sports, I think, are probably the hardest because if you look at golf, how many top Canadians are there? Well, mm -hmm. you've got, um, is it Brooke Henderson on the, the female side who's been mm -hmm. successful? But I, there isn't, well, I think there's a Canadian guy that's being successful right there's, now. Yeah, this but year's the, actually been the biggest for, yeah, but for they, golf, actually. It, it's And tennis as well. You have mm -hmm. players that come up now and again in tennis. But the big issue with being individual, I think, an individual sport is, and being in Canada, because you know I'm from England, it's different. England is much like the US, population density. Mm -hmm. because yeah. I, I moved to Grand Forks, a town of 5,000. If there <laughs> is a swimmer that just beats everybody, you know, they're a big fish in a little pond. Yeah. Then, they, then they move to Vancouver, and now they're competing against people that have been competing against people as good as her, if not better, or yeah. him. And now you're just, an at, you know, now you're fighting to become yeah. better. And I think the same through disc golf. Um, yeah. You know, if you're playing in Kamloops, Although the community is strong, you know what is your competition if you're winning everything? Um, and yeah. then the and then the other thing apart from that is money. Any individual yeah. sport costs money. There's yeah. not a the Canadian Disc Golf Association isn't going to put out money like the BC Soccer Association would for teams traveling to national championships and yeah. and things like that. So yeah, and we we talked about this before too. And you bring up Kamloops. I always bring up Duncan. He's a perfect example. Like he's a thousand rated player in Kamloops. Like he, when he got out there and he started experiencing playing against the players in Vancouver, where there's a bigger population density and a bigger mm -hmm. drive and more courses mm -hmm. and then going across the border. And so, um, and I said the same thing to Noah, right? And I was like, as soon as I'm thousand rated, I'm hitting the road. I'm like, no, <laughs> you're going to cross the border and start playing their eight tier series. Like you got to, you got to get across the border and you got to get into that population density where there's way more people wanting the same thing you want mm -hmm. and better than you. So yeah. and, I, and that's always been my answer to that question I asked you, Casey, was that we don't have enough courses. We don't have enough tournaments close enough together to like yeah. every weekend you're hitting an A tier and yeah. we don't have the population density to make it competitive. Yeah. 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 So the, the one thing that I think that I did to combat that. Cause like Cranbrook, we don't, it was me and Ben. Like yeah. it, it, I was lucky enough to have Ben to kind of push me. Right. So the one thing that we did is like, I had, a, <clears throat> I kind of had a travel partner in yeah. him. So it was like, we just went. And I think that's why I got good so fast, even at a, like an older age when I started playing is I played like we, we only ever had one tournament in Cranbrook for yeah. the season right so it's like i played every other tournament in western canada and in in the northern u.s right in idaho and, and washington and and, Was and uh montana yeah it's like i was playing all those tournaments all the time we, we right? see your name out there all the time like you're and that's what i wanted to ask you too you you travel a lot and you hit all the events is there something specific you look for when you go to those events is it got to be an a tier it's got to be b tier are you looking for the bonus from your sponsor 
Like I know some Innova players don't get bonused at B tiers. Yeah. Um, are you looking for experience? Is there like, oh, that tournament director, I'll never, I'm not going to that event. Like, what is it that drives you to go to those events specifically? The the bonuses is obviously a pretty big part of it because okay. the like it was funny because we were talking. I was talking about this with a couple people. My bonuses for A tiers in Canada, like I'm getting my bonus is almost the same as the payout. Wow. Which is kind of crazy. So, and, and yeah, I, I, okay. like, I don't want to get into that on here, but that's another thing about Canadian disc golf is we're not there yet no. for payouts, no. but no. it's, it's coming. Like I see it and I know tournament directors are trying and it it's hard, right? It's, it's hard. And with all the other sports coming back, it's, it's really hard to compete for sponsorships, right? Yeah. With Absolutely. everything. But yeah, what, from my experience now, from playing like a lot of good tournaments and a lot of good events and a lot of good courses, I'm looking for obviously the bonus first uh, of and the A tier, but I'm more likely to go to a tournament if the course is good. Okay. If it's a good course, like it, the money is good, but if it's a good course, I'll go play. Sweet. And is that why we see you going out to Ontario and back and forth across Canada, like yeah. the desire to be on all, all the different courses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It, it it's, that's definitely a big pull for me and okay. it's kind of changed. Cause like I, when I first like went and started, I don't know, like about three years ago when I really started traveling, Yeah. I only did it for the eight years, right? It was like, Oh, I'm just going to go to every eight year in Canada this year. Yeah. But now it's kind of like, well, I'm, legit is i just want to go play that course because i've heard it's really really good okay so i my mind always wanders and things pop into my head and we're talking about how canadian disc golf can grow and i think one of my personal views is there'll be an explosion of disc golf when it's in the olympics and yeah as a like growing you know when when I grew up, it was not, the Olympics were all amateurs playing, not professionals. Mm-hmm. But that's fine. If I were, I think if I were in your shoes or Thomas's shoes or you know um, Kalen's shoes, and I knew and I, and I'm pretty sure it's going to be in the Olympics sooner than later. That would be like I want to represent Canada in the Olympics. Have you yeah. have you have you thought about that or? Well, and the, the, you you guys probably seen that I've been on the last two team team Canada yeah. teams, right? And we've been talking to to Charlie, the guy who runs Whiftif, and that's what he's trying to push for, right? Is like that's the reason they're having these team championships is to kind of show show um, the Olympic Committee that disc golf is an international sport, and it can be big enough to be in the olympics i and that's that legit like obviously thomas and craig because craig runs the team canada team yeah and thomas and max and all the like best players even for me it was hard for me to kind of fork up the money to go yeah right because there's no money in it it's it's like you're just going there for pretty much fun and to represent your country yeah it's a little bit bragging rights yeah um so seeing 
if it does get into into the Olympics, that would be probably the biggest pull for for all the for all the best players. Like, obviously, U.S. probably would murder everybody, right? Because <laughs> I think they would. They they have yeah. all the best players. Yeah, but anything <laughs> can really happen. Right? You think so. disc golf would take like a disc golf break, Olympic week, like hockey does, or whatever in the winter? So <laughs> they're not on the pro tour, and they got to decide Olympics or pro tour. So yeah, yeah, I um, think they would have to do something probably. And if it made the Olympics, then you're looking at um, not that our Canadian Olympic Committee and funding is huge, mm -hmm. um, but then you're looking at better support. Like, yep. for example, Kristen Tatar is now training with the Estonian Olympic team. She's not there's no disc golf in Olympics, but she has access to the nutritionists and their trainers mm -hmm. and stuff. So that would be a big advantage as well. Mm -hmm. And that, that that's one thing that like the European countries of Finland, Estonia are kind of ahead of us on, right? It's like they have all that land and they just been putting up courses like crazy. Oh yeah. It's like an unbelievable amount of money has been put into it. And the government was on board because they had nothing, nobody had anything to do over COVID. So they're like, well, why not just explode this sport, right? And have everybody playing it. And that's and kind of what happened. And even all the Finnish guys were like, well, we have just as much snow as you guys do in Canada. Even, maybe even more but we they have they what did they say they had four facilities built so they could train in the winter time that's unreal right? so i was talking to a bunch of finnish guys when i when i was over in sweden this summer yeah and that's what they're saying there's like yeah they, the government was just like yeah we'll build these right it's it's, it's kind of a no-brainer yeah absolutely but, and but, you look at the states they have them in state parks yeah and, you know like yeah, I, I've often thought that here in Canada too. We got so much land and so much potential. Yeah, and but yeah. like you said, we're so spread out, right? We exactly. are population. Exactly. Well, like, like look at, we were trying to. I was trying to explain to Paige when we when um I was on her podcast that like we have an A tier in Vancouver, we have an mm -hmm. A tier in Kamloops, then we have one in Calgary, Edmonton, and then you know. But I said it's not easy for me. Even Vancouver's four hours away, so it's yeah. a a weekend of hotels and you want to go to Edmonton, yeah. you want to go to Calgary. It's the same thing, right? It becomes really expensive. Mm -hmm. It's not like being in the uh, DFW area or Portland area where you can be in your own bed at night and go to an A tier and next weekend do the same thing. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So I want to bring it round back to where we started with the Canadian nationals. Tell yes. Us, tell us, tell us more about your game and your mindset because I'm not, I think you were maybe sixth or something like that, eight strokes behind in the first round. Yeah. And, you know, what, what were you thinking when you're eight strokes behind? And um, it seems like the second, the, the middle, the second course you played on the second day, um, the scores were a lot lower and you shot, I think, a 47, didn't you? Um, yeah, 13 under. Yeah. Wow. And then I, um, I closed the gap for the third day to four strokes. So. Yeah. And then did you, th so what was your mindset then going into the final round? The mindset was, uh, Kalen is a very, he's a young kid, right? And he's yeah. probably never been in this position before. Um, especially at a tournament like that big. Yeah. Obviously the field was very good, right? For Canadian disc golf, it was all the best players yeah. in Canada that were there. So with, with my experience, and I've been playing pro now for nine years, I kind of thought if I just play like my game, I wasn't going to try to do anything crazy. Um, 
And I, I know it sounds bad, but I was just waiting for him to make a couple mistakes. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of what happened. And, and yeah, that's, that's really what happened. I just played my game. I threw actually a re- couple really bad shots towards the end of the, of the tournament to make it really close. It's like we were all tied on the, on the last hole going into 18. Yeah. There's three of us, me, Brian and Kalen were all tied. So, um, that was, <laughs> that was pretty crazy. You'll see all that on part pro when that, yeah. when it comes out, but yeah, just, yeah, just made the, made a really, really bad throw a, a bad enough throw to kind of push it all way over to the left and had the back door route all the way over OB. And then I made a 30 footer to, to beat Brian. So <laughs> that was, yeah, I was looking because I think, uh, Kalen, like you had, uh, I think a bogey free round on the last round. Was it? Who you did? did no, I I had three bogeys. Oh, maybe, yeah, I, I had... maybe maybe it was on the um, second day when you pulled second round. Yeah, second yeah, because Kalen I noticed not even on the second round. Yeah, had I think had four bogeys. Um, yeah, yeah, I can't. Yeah, yeah. See, I was looking at the scores. So I like your. Uh, I played sports competitively growing up, and I I was waiting for you to say like you were very tactful in how you said that about Kalen being younger and you having mm-hmm. experience, but it's that level of compete being involved in sports and having won before and being in that position. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I can't remember who said it, if it was Kristen Tatar or, but they're like, Oh, it was when Ella lost and Kristen clutch putted at Waco. And um, someone said it just, it, Ella will get there, but you have to, you have to be in those positions where you lose. You mm-hmm. have to be in those positions and know what it feels like to have to make the clutch putt to have mm-hmm. to, and to know what it feels like to win, right? Yeah. That how deep you've got to dig <laughs> to bring the win out. And um, yeah, and and you know, it's nothing against a 16-year-old who's out there playing against no, definitely not people no. he admires, but exactly. And I I related to what you said, where you just play your own game and you wait for them to make a mistake and you capitalize. Yeah. And that's unfortunately the game, right? Yeah. 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 And and yeah, coming because I I've had a pretty pretty good season this year right i i after bc open i was kind of riding a high and yeah yeah, going to canadian nationals and i was i i thought in my head i was like well like i have to be the favorite kind of going into this tournament and i think that kind of motivated me on the second day because just i didn't play up to my what i wanted to on the first day so i and then i shot the hot round the second day and it kind of pushed me. And then on the third day, I kind of, yeah, I was like, I said to a bunch of my buddies, I was like, well, I'm just going to be lurking in the weeds yeah. right here on, on the third day and just waiting for something to happen. So, and like everything, everything awesome. kind of just went into place on the third day. And you're, and you're very, you're very humble when you win Casey. So it's not like, like, I'm sure Kalen will be hungry to come back next year. Oh yes. Yeah. So, yeah. That's no doubt. Yeah. yeah. So what's, um, what does the rest of the season hold for you? Uh, the rest of the season. So next, not this weekend coming up, but next weekend I'm playing Falcons Flight in Sundry. And then I'm going to Saskatchewan for the Golden Eagle. And then to Provincials, BC Provincials up in Clearwater. Yeah. And then down to USCGC. Cool. So you're you're not going to go to PEI? No, no, I'm, I decided it, it was kind of, 
that it was actually a hard decision for me. But since I already went to Ontario twice this year, yeah. Like if I didn't go, if I didn't go to Foxwood, I probably went would have went to PEI. But because I went to Ontario twice, I decided to just go to Saskatchewan instead. Excellent. Okay. And we were talking about you know young guns and and that just mm-hmm. reminded me. And this will, this will come out after the worlds, but you know they're so in the pro division now. You've got so many young guns. Yeah. That can win a tournament. I mean, Gannon Buer tops the list. So I'm going to ask you for a prediction on who you think is going to win the Worlds this year. <laughs> okay. Um, it, it's funny because we I was talking about this today with my Gander teammates. And Kalen, Kalen is actually one of my teammates, along with Jake Voskamp and, uh, and Connell McLeod and Noah. And so we were all talking about it. And I think... I, I actually think Isaac Robinson has a good chance okay. of winning that tournament. Not only because he's my prodigy teammate, but the lines. Because I played, I played Worlds at Vermont in 2018. Yep. And I think the lines and everything there really suit his game. Like really, really suit his game. Is like all. There's a lot of backhand lines there that he. I really think he can throw, and if his putts on. That's what that course produces is a putting. It's a putting course, right? If you can get inside forty-five feet, sixty feet, and make your make those putts, you're gonna you're gonna win the tournament for sure. Okay, Carrie, I'm gonna ask you. Oh my God! Don't do that to me because I just listened to <laughs> someone say Chris Dickerson, and I was like, he is just heating up now. So yeah, and Chris uh, gave it away at uh, there last year at the course because um, he got soft. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard to say. Like Isaac's a good choice. Um, I really don't know. I I I am excited. Don't for I it. don't know who do you, who do you want to win then? Who do I want <laughs> to win? Uh, I don't know. I'd love a European to win. Nicholas Antela. I think that he, I think he plays well too. Like yeah. he's got he can. Uh, he's got to keep his head together though. Um, uh, I honestly. It's, it's it smugs it's anyone's game if you got, is, that's you got a true full toolbox okay. if you can bomb and if you can carve woods and if you can accurately throw 300 feet backhand or forehand and you got a good putt literally anybody okay. can win. so you waffled now who's gonna win <laughs> i don't know i i, I, honest, no, I honestly just say your name know. come on you're predicting so who did i predict at the start of the year clive Ooh, i don't know but pick again oh i don't know Gannon, I don't know. Gannon, okay, Gannon, okay. and I was I was surprised that you know like you've got Gannon Eagle. Uh, is, I mean Simon's playing really well right now. Simon, you know uh, what? I actually said that to Craig last night. I said, you know what? I bet you Simon wins worlds. So there you yeah. go. I'll change it. I'll I, I would Simon. like him too because he's such. He seems like such a nice guy. Such Cole Radolin too. He can yeah. do it. Oh, yeah, Cole. But yeah, Cole's been heating it up too. Quietly. I'm going to pick someone that hasn't done anything this year, and it's not because. I, it's not because I'm a fan of his. I, you know, I like him, don't like him sometimes. Um, I know he's a little bit injured, but I think it's going to be for Wells. I'm going to pick Macbeth. Yeah. Like how? I know, I know, I know. It's a, a so pick. You're but picking how, someone who's going to have a good weekend of golf. Is yeah, I know. Picking. How? Yeah. How? That's him. And okay. this is this is he always weekend. shows up at Worlds. He always, he always shows, shows up at up. Worlds. They just yeah. did a stat rando since 2012. He's either been first or second, right through yeah. to last year, first or second every time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so he's going to be there. So I'm going to pick him. How about the leaders? Uh, ladies. Okay. 
So with this one, you can pick, everybody can pick Kristen Tatar, and then you have to yeah, pick, and then you have to <laughs> pick who's going to be the person that challenges Kristen. Oh, I'll go first if you want. Okay, I'll go with one of my favorite players who's usually in the top ten all the time, Missy Gannon. Yeah. Who you got, Casey? Um, who's the who's the uh, Innova sponsored girl? Not Cat Merch. I think I think Cat because she's Kat. been playing really good in the last yeah. couple of tournaments. So it that and that course plays well to her uh, her yeah. skills. Yeah. Um, I was gonna say Missy, um, and I I don't think it's gonna be a battle. Kristen Tatar just knocked the very last thing off her career checklist. And look what happened after she won Champions Cup. She went into Jonesboro with a total hangover, ended up on the third card. Mm. So she's coming. She's on a plane. She's traveling here. Her elbow was taped at the European Championships. Okay, so who? So <laughs> quit waffling. Who's going to win? I said Missy. Missy, you did. Okay, good. Yeah. You I had Paige I... picked at the start of the year because she plays well there too. But Haley King plays really well there as well. Yeah, Haley King's a great player. Who? Yeah. Um, I was talking with a couple other people and... I would like to see one of the 40-year-olds win, actually. Own? Own could do it again? Own, oh, yeah. Own, or the way Jen Allen's playing, if she's going to Worlds, like, she's had such a successful season that she could show up and challenge, or she might not, but, you know, but she's having such a good... And it, it would be like she was um, such a, a sweet lady to talk to that... Is she good in the woods, though? I don't know. We'll find out. Know. She had a nice uh, hole-in-one around a tree. Yeah, she did. But Owens, I uh, like I said to Craig, I her I noticed her backhand this last at Deglo, and I'm like, she's got herself a 300, 320 foot backhand now that's just accurate pinpoint. Yeah. She's proving you don't need to be a bomber to win these tournaments. So mm-hmm. it's gonna be good, whatever it is. We're gonna be a Falcon's flight with no internet service. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Um, I did send you, I believe, some questions to begin with, Casey. Um, yeah. Yeah. So let's start with your card. You're going out with four or three other people. Who? What's your dream card? Um, I'll say Corey Ellis. Okay. Cool. Um, probably Greg Barsby and Nathan Queen. I'll say that those three. Uh-huh. Have you played with the, those guys before? Or? Yeah, I've played with all those guys. And yeah, yeah and there's some of the best guys I met on tour. Sweet. I was pretty awesome. pumped when I was pretty pumped when Corey won one uh, European. Sweet. Nice. That was it was pretty awesome for him. Yeah. Okay, and you're going out for one disc round. What's that disc you're going to pull out? Um, I would say right now the Prodigy A3. Yeah. And that, that's going to be on my Canadian national stamp. So that's Sweet. Yeah. Sweet. And then uh, the last one is a two-parter. Your favorite course you've ever played and your bucket list course. Favorite course is probably Hillcrest. Um, the new, I don't know how bad it's damaged or anything from the hurricane, but yeah, it, last year when I played it, it was... It was definitely the favorite course I've ever played. And bucket list course, because of the tournament, is probably European Open in Nokia. Oh, yeah? 
Yeah. Is that is that coming closer to the top of your bucket list? Are you going to Europe anytime soon or planning? Um, if I do, it hopefully it, it will be next year. And I've kind of been planning. I I do want to play European Championships next year Would if I can a get it. Swing like um, a couple of the guys. I know Thomas went and he went for six weeks. Mm-hmm. Like, like they do all the other. Now they're all Silver Series too, right? So mm-hmm. yeah, that'd be very cool. Yeah, I don't know. I. I like I said I kind of don't like traveling as much yeah. anymore like I don't like going out of the states because like I went I went to Sweden and played Swedish Open and then I just came back you know, this okay. year so I don't know I might I might play a couple tournaments next year over there or I just might go for a European Open I don't know cool um, something we didn't ask you Casey and I don't even know I've known you for years what got you into disc golf? Like you said, you played all other sports. Why, what happened? How did disc golf find you? Um, pretty cool story, actually. So my dad helped build the course here in Cranbrook 22 years ago. The college? So Yeah, the college course. Cool. Yeah. So okay. that's how I got into it. I, yeah, I went out, I helped them put baskets in the ground, put tee pads in and and then, yeah, it was just, it was kind of a hobby for, I don't know, when I, when I was 12 and then kind of when I was 22, it kind of became, uh, disc golf was a thing where you could actually play competitively. Like, I really thought it was just a thing you could just go out and yeah. throw this in the woods with your friends. Yeah. So right. was, your, was your dad a avid player? He was. Yeah. He's there still- was about, I don't know, 15, we call them the old boys. The old boys. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah there's a probably I did about not 15 know that. I yeah. played college for the first time probably 15 years ago. So you were born the year I graduated. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. And I remember because the original baskets, were they the original Queenie baskets? Queenie baskets. Yeah. yeah. So because all the all the guys went to school in Vancouver. Yep. And they all figured figured out what disc golf was. And then yeah, they I don't know how they got the Queenie baskets, but yeah, there's there's still, I think there's still six of them in town here. Yep. And I know that there's four Queenie baskets at at the school at Pinewood in, in Cranbrook. Cool. Yeah. And are you planning on coming back for TCO next year? I am. I am. I'm planning. I'm not going to play as many tournaments, but I'm planning to play big tournaments in, in BC and Alberta. Yeah. And Thank you. Hopefully we should have. Well, we had Indeed. Nate Sexton say he wants to come. He told yeah. us. There you go. Yeah. yeah. So, nice. yeah, it'd be nice to have a few more pros come our way and start planning a little earlier, try to add a little more cash this year for you guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be cool. Well, I want to thank you for your time, Casey. If anybody wants to follow you, um, how would they do that? Uh, Instagram uh, at Chunk Disc. And then just on Facebook, uh, Casey Hanamer. Sweet. And wish you all the best for the um, rest of you, uh, the rest of the season. Thank you. And um, yeah, look forward to seeing you again next year at the TCO, if not before. Maybe I, I don't think I'm going, but I might go play in the um, Harvest Huck. Yeah, the Harvest Huck, the BC. We'll see. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna see you at Falcons. So I'll see you in a couple of weeks. <laughs> Sounds good. All right. Thanks. Thank you so much, Casey. You're welcome. Thank you, guys. Take care. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Okay, so that was our chat with Casey. Happened a little while ago. Um, 
you know, when I edit, it's kind of interesting. So I, I probably enjoy it and hear the conversation better the second time than actually. Yeah. And, you know, so it's kind of neat to, even though editing can be a chore, I didn't actually edit much of this. I just listened to it. And um, I'm taking less of the ums out now. So you had to put nice. up with this umming. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, I said three times in like 10 seconds. The, yeah, I enjoyed the chat probably more the second time than the first time. I don't know why. And uh, it was interesting to see his perspective. The thing that I get out of it, though, is when I see him, I see a fairly young guy. And he's, right? and he's old in the sport, you know, which yeah. which means, you know, and I'm old enough to be his dad. So. Hi. You know, yeah. <laughs> I know. And, you know, and Casey is this very, it took me a long time to, I don't want to say warm up to him because he's very approachable and easy to talk yeah. to, but he's very casual. It yeah. takes a while to get to know Casey, like to get him to have a conversation with you, a meaningful conversation. And he's very, he's a very nice guy. It's very yeah. easy to learn from too. And um, yeah, we're very lucky to have Casey in the Canadian scene, Casey and Thomas. And, you know, I, I, I look at some of the other up and comers like Noah Higgins. Um, we're fortunate super fortunate to have these guys in Canada and uh yeah we got some women too like you know we got some women out east and a few here in the west yeah. that are starting to make their mark on the pro tour and um it's going to be interesting in the next year I'd like to see how many more people get out there on more tour dates and yeah and uh that try to make a go of it put a little thought in my head on Sophia Dunicki yeah, she's like, had a cool experience. Wow, that it was amazing because I didn't, you know, like when when you talk to Gabby Lee and you know you see Gabby and Jordan uh, Moens playing, mm -hmm. they're playing a lot. Yeah. And the first time I'd heard met met Sophia um, was I was playing playing a practice round with Gabby and her husband before the TCO, and. Sophia is running around the loop, you know, just it's a hot day and she's running and then she stops and then she joins us for about the last nine holes. Yep. And man, like she can throw a mile. She's a, she's like a killer athlete. Like I think Gabby yeah. just had something on Instagram where Sophia was like in a mountain bike race. Maybe was yeah. that? Yeah. She's just, I mean, and I mean, this in a good way, Sophia, she's a beast. And she's, didn't she just get her master's degree or something? She just graduated university with her master's in yeah. like, she's a beast. And it was an Island sweep. It was Jordan and Gabby and Sophia at TCL yeah. this year. So yeah. yeah, like it'd be really cool to have her on the podcast and pick like, her brain. And, and same with, like, sorry, go ahead. I'm going to say same with Chantal Badinsky. Like, yeah. Right. She won a silver this year. I believe it was a silver. She won. Yeah. She um, did, yeah. yeah. And you know, just, what spurred her on and what keeps her going what keeps yeah. her on the tour so yeah and she, she's um she's she's cashed in a few tournaments i think this year yeah chantel you know i'd be yep. you know you, you scroll down there's a canadian flag and there's chantel but yeah i, I mean not taking away from chantel but i know i've met sophia so um but just seeing if she went down to the throw pink and i think she was top 10 in the first day she had a great round um, great round yeah and maybe i don't know i'd be interested to see what happened and to get her on the show and chat about yeah. what happened and what her experience was but um great for her and but... and her housemates like what a fantastic 
hanging out with Jen Allen and Sarah Hokum and just, you know, that, that experience of being amongst those women and yeah. playing amongst so many greats and so many up and comers like herself. And yeah. Yeah. I hope you're listening, Sophia, because we're going to hit you up. <laughs> yeah. And Chantel as well. And Chantel. Like, yeah. 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 We'd love. Yeah, absolutely. Let's chat with them. We'll be reaching out to you this week. So, yes. Yeah. No, um, back, sorry, that distracted by um, the comments there. But yeah, I want to thank Casey and um, wish him the best next season. Absolutely. Um, and if we don't see you before the TCO, we'll see you at TCO. Date yes. to be announced. Dates to be announced. So like I said, this is October 29th that we're recording this. By the time this comes out, hopefully you'll have seen Save the Dates. So, Oh, this is coming out tomorrow. Oh, okay. Well, then probably not. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thanks again, Kerry. Um, All right. Bye. Thank you so much. Okay. Uh, take care. to warm up. So maybe I'll get some golf in this week. Beautiful week. Beautiful golf. weekend. It was really nice. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Take care. Cheers.